Hey everyone, hope uh, you had a great weekend. This is NYU grad recording this on Sunday, July 23rd. I will be covering the data of the Friday session uh, from July 21st. Um, so let's jump right in. I just noticed that the last two podcast episodes were 20 minutes long. I will try to do this under 15 minutes um, as a standard, but keep in mind it might deviate uh, five minutes plus or five minutes minus um a really interesting weekend uh, i know i've been podcasting for a little bit uh under six months and um you know a lot of my tweets do get read by hundreds of people and i have a few just under a thousand subscribers on uh substack so thank you for that as well um and the podcast has been um, doing very well. I, I launched the podcast July 6th, and it also is just under a 1,000 downloads. Uh, it's been less than a month. So thank you again for all of your support, um, emails, and encouragement. But this weekend, I uh, woke up on uh, the weekend, and I was reading something about um, from uh, just like the research that I typically will do uh, with transportation and just the economic news. And I was listening to the Knight Swift earnings call and they had reported a 71% earnings drop. Their ticker symbol is KNX. They're actually up. But the reason why I wanted to share this was the CEO, David Jackson said during the call, you know, I'm just kind of quoting here. He said, I don't know that we've ever seen freight demand fall this far so fast and for so long without an accompanying economic recession. He then later says that, you know, yes, every single uh, historical example of this led to a recession, but he kind of covered his ass and was like, that doesn't mean this will also mean that there's a recession, right? Like no one knows, but if history serves uh, as an example of data, it potentially will. So I took a screen uh, recording of the earnings call on my phone. And uh, I also follow Daniel DiMartino Booth from QI Research. Um, you may have heard of her. She's all over the place as far as like Bloomberg, CNBC, Fox Business. She's a guest, um, guest on many FinTwit uh, YouTube channels, uh, very smart woman. And I, I love looking at charts, right? My eyes are trained to kind of look at charts uh, in a market profile context. I actually see market profile uh, oddly in like real life, almost like um, almost like augmented reality, like buildings and shapes in, in, in the wild. And I have like, I don't have a, a, a complete photographic memory, but I can recall a lot of things I see with my eyes in the future. But I, the way Danielle uh, presents data in charts is very unique. And it's not the run of mill what you would normally see on like CNBC or Bloomberg, uh, traditional media. She has a very unique eye as well. And I love her charts and her data. So I just simply added her uh, in my uh, tweet and she retweeted it. And then uh, Craig 
uh, Fuller from Freightweight, who is one of the uh, uh, leaders in tracking and reporting on freight, which is a very important part of our economy. I also added him on the tweet and it and they retweeted it and it just started to go viral. And I'm recording this now on, on a Sunday evening, but we're basically at 100,000 impressions in under 48 hours. I mean, I can't thank them enough. Um, you know, I would never say that it validates some of my work, but just to be associated with uh, two leaders in the FinTwit and financial media um, uh, realm of those two um, in their gravitational field is is a big, big uh, humbling experience. So thank you again uh, to them for sharing my my tweet, uh, and um, I, I hope to one day potentially interview them on my podcast. Uh, so continuing on. Uh, this episode is going to be labeled episode 14, just for jinx sake. I'm not, I'm going to skip episode 13 to ward off any bad luck. Uh, Friday's action was fairly muted, right? Like we had multiple months of bullish action, uh, since March. And now we're seeing a little bit of a pullback in some of the leadership that has led us to this promised land. Uh, it could be just a pause before the next uh, rally, or it could be the calm before the storm. We are going to know very soon because this week is chock full of economic data, Federal uh, Reserve um, leaders speaking all week, um, and we have uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of earnings coming out. Uh, but looking at Friday's action, uh, at 3 p.m., Breath started to kick, kick into gear south, and the sell-off really started to pick up um, right after three. Um, when you look at the picture of the entire session, the Russell 2000 led down the entire day. So it was kind of a risk-off day. Apple was down marginally uh, at 0.83%. Uh, but when you take a look at the, the whole cross-section of the Magnificent Seven, they were being distributed all day. I, I pointed out um, on one of my tweets that there is clear distribution in Apple, Tesla, NVIDIA. When you take a look at the daily chart and then you take a look at some of the uh, momentum indicators like RSI, Stochastics, or MACD, where you have a, a positive increase in the, in the share price, higher highs, higher lows. But when you take a look at the momentum indicators, that is actually setting lower highs and lower lows. So typically what that divergence will mean is if, not that it will, if there is a softness in price in these shares, that will accelerate to the downside. I'll, I'll share um, a post of the, or, or snapshot of Apple's chart showing this in the show notes, which will be on uh, nyugrad.substack.com. It won't be in the Twitter uh, version because I'm just posting it there. I'll, I might just do like a, a a reply on my own Twitter post for the episode with the chart. So that's something to note. Um, when you take a look at the uh, the breadth of the day, you had about 272 new highs, 73 new lows, 46 advancing, 46%, 48% uh, declining, uh, pretty even, uh, nothing really to write uh, home about. Uh, one thing that 
uh, is also coming up across any of the data sets that I look at is that the consumer is really tapped out. And one of the ways I keep track of this is not only the Fred data, but also um, through earnings, right? Like I, I follow companies like Affirm, which is the buy now, pay later, PayPal, American Express, all those names, um, Capital One Financial for credit cards. There's another company called Lending Club. And uh, similarly, uh, I was listening to the last earnings call and you know they accompany slides with those presentations and uh, it kind of bothered me that their CEO basically was touting how great their total addressable market was um, and saying how great they are because, hey, the average consumer is paying 20% on their credit cards and uh, the outstanding revolving consumer credit is as high as it's ever been, $1.2 trillion. Like, that's our TAM, what you want. We're going to you know, explode. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, this – I'm not going to curse, but this guy is praying or this company is praying on consumers, right? Because, again, I also saw a stat that uh, over half of the country, whether it's urban or suburban, is living paycheck to paycheck, right? Everyone is doing these buy now, pay laters. They're maxing out their credit cards for their car payments. Uh, I know that the consumer is getting tapped out. Um, and just to hear a CEO talk about this in, in a positive light, just I just found it disgusting and, and distasteful. But I'll I'll link a video to that CEO talking about that as well, as well as uh, the actual chart and the graph that Lending Club shared in their earnings release. Uh, and you can take a look at it and judge for yourself. Hey, if they're going to keep growing and all of us are going to keep paying twenty percent on our credit cards. Uh, they're going to keep minting this money. Um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. I also post the Fred federal government uh, current expenditures on interest payments. It's never been higher. We are paying over uh, $900 billion or something like that um, in, in, um, in interest payments. Um so it's really ridiculous. Like how, how much longer can this go? And this interest is going to be double in a year. Uh, how, are we, how are we as a country going to pay all this off? Um, so again, these are the things that I'm thinking about on the macro side, but there's a lot of micro uh, stuff or um, news flow that will be coming out uh, this week. Um, into the close a lot of things were weak. There was a very heavy sell-off, as I mentioned, um, at the end of the day, right? So Meta, uh, at 3 o'clock, I have to look at the at the finishing chart, but I have screenshots from my phone at about 3.08 p.m. on Friday. So Meta closed off the low. They, they closed at 2 point net. They closed down 2.66%. But at 3.08, when I took the... Um, the screenshots on my phone, Meta was down three, okay? Tesla was down a half a percent at three o'clock. NVIDIA was down two and a half percent at three o'clock. Apple was down half a percent at three o'clock. And all of these charts at three, I'm going to share in the show notes. You can see the selling pressure, okay? 
it's it just looks like it's going to dive bomb. Um, the NYSC advanced declines also under pressure all day. The volume of the NYSC up down volume that's something that I, I I track religiously during the day. It shows me if there's a fake out, right? Like you can have the magnificent seven uh, up a percent, but if you start seeing the NYSC uh, breadth of shares starting to go red and the volume of NYSE up and down volume start to go negative, they're trying to sell this off. Vice versa, if you have the Magnificent 7 down, but you see this going up, it means that usually that the Magnificent 7 will catch up to the broader market. And I'll post all of this in the show notes. Um, so that's really all I have to report. Oh, and, and the Russell, it, it, and you'll see, like it just looked weak all day. And at the end of the day, it broke the um the balance area that i had uh, drawn out during the day um it was like a if and or scenario it, it could bust up bust down it could close within it but it busted down uh after three o'clock um the other like tidbit news i always find like wall street bets and the meme stocks interesting and funny amc is up on some weird news that um you know the ape uh deal um, you know, re- the court basically rejected the ape deal. So AMC surged hundred percent, like, okay, whatever you want to, how do you invest in something like this? Right. How do you invest in the CEO that just keeps playing games, uh, on, 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 you know, with wall street bets crowd and dilutes their shares, uh, to oblivion. I, I just don't get it. So that's more, I think gambling than anything, but, um, that was kind of the big picture of the session. Next week is going to be crazy, or this coming week, starting Monday. So on uh, Monday morning before the open, you have Domino's Pizza. You have during, after hours, you have companies like Whirlpool, um, F5 Networks. Tuesday, you have GE pre-market, Verizon pre-market, Moody's, Biogen, all happening pre-market. Aftermarket, you have big ones, Microsoft, Google, slash Alphabet, Visa, uh, on Wednesday, which is FOMC day, you have Coca-Cola, AT&T in the morning. Then you have Meta, um, Chipotle, Mexican Grill, and eBay are some of those companies after hours. Thursday, you have McDonald's, AbV. Uh, after uh, close, you have Intel, T-Mobile, Ford, Roku. Friday, you have Exxon, P&G, Chevron, Colgate. So you get the picture tons hundreds and hundreds of earnings this week uh fomc is on wednesday uh july 26th that is going to be uh very it's basically the star of the show it's not only will they hike as they promised or have threatened uh it'll be also the tone of future hikes or future no hikes and are they hawkish or uh dovish and then just the reaction from the market like that's all that really matters is how the market will absorb whatever is said. Uh, and, and typically the first day uh, is going to signify the direction of the next few weeks. Um, so on the fun side, I'm actually looking forward to on, um, I think it's Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Unrelated to the financial markets, there's the Inouye versus uh, Fulton boxing match. That's going to be live. Uh, the undercard starts at like 4.30 New York, 4.30 a.m. New York. 
but the um, the title fight is around 8 a.m. They're both undefeated. Inoue is from Japan. Uh, Fulton is from the U.S. Uh, they're, like I said, both undefeated fighters. That should be a really great fight. I'm looking forward to that one if you're into sports. Um, and also don't forget the ECB reports this week as well on the 27th. So that's going to be important as well. So uh, I'll try, I try to keep this as short as I can. We're running about 60 minutes. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and uh, good luck this week. I'll see you guys uh, on the next episode.